The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus and his disciples came to Jericho. As he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed Jesus on the way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. <laughs> Helen Keller once wrote these words. I have walked with people whose eyes are full of light, but who see nothing in woods, sea or sky, nothing in the city street, nothing in books. What a what a witless masquerade is this seeing. It were better far to sail forever in the night of blindness with sense and feeling and mind than to be thus content with the mere act of seeing. They have the sunset the morning skies, the purpose of distant hills, yet their souls voyage through this enchanted world with nothing but a barren stare. Sometimes we have to hear from those who don't have sight to appreciate our sight. Today we have in this gospel lesson uh, a wonderful story of a healing. And as I was thinking about this and working on it and working on it a bit more last night, I realized that I need healing. I sat for a day and a half in a diocesan convention and I hurt in places I didn't know I had because of those pews at Trinity Church in Copley Square. <laughs> but it's not about my healing. This is about Bartimaeus. As you listen to it, and perhaps we need to think through it again, think about what we heard in that lesson. I believe that we hear about a physical healing. We also hear about a spiritual healing of sorts. But I think most of all, for us, we hear about discipleship and what discipleship means. As you think about the, uh, what's happening with Jesus and his disciples, there's a great crowd following him. He's on his way to Jerusalem, and anyone who goes from the north down to Jerusalem knows that they need to take some time in Jericho to spend a little time for rest, because the next 15 miles into Jerusalem is quite a walk because it's 3,000 feet up. So to make that trip more pleasant, many of the uh, people who are on their journey, on their pilgrimage, 
would stop in Jericho for some refreshment. Apparently, that's what happened here with Jesus and his disciples. But you also need to realize, I think, that wherever a lot of people were gathered, especially if it was pilgrims who were on their way to special worship or special celebration, there would, of course, be beggars. When we were in Turkey, I worked for probably the kindest man I have ever worked for, the kindest person I've worked for. Part of it was because he treated all of us as his children. His name was Sadok Yilmaz. He was a colonel in the Turkish Air Force. And he and I often talked about religion. He reminded me that he was closer to Jesus as a Muslim than Christians are, and he gave all the reasons why. And another one popped up one day as we were walking in a, along a street in a, a town in central Turkey. We came across a couple of beggars, and uh, Colonel Yilmaz gave each one of them a coin. And as we walked away, I asked him why he did that. Because I told him about the the beggars that we knew we had in our hometown of Izmir. And in Izmir, there were beggars. One particular one that I'll never forget is a woman who always sat on the side of the street and in the usual place holding her child. And the child was always sleeping. And we all thought that she was in some way drugging this child so that it would uh, the opportunity for more sympathy from those who passed by. We were pretty cynical about those beggars. So I said to him, why do you give to them when you know that that's just their practice? That's the way they're making their living. They are trying to do anything else. He said, I give to them because the Quran says that I must give to them. And we hear now about this beggar. I never hear about a beggar, but what I think of Colonel Yomaz. And this time we hear about Jesus and his entourage. And I'm sure there were those in his entourage who who encouraged Jesus. Let's just give them a coin and move on. We don't want to spend time here. We've got more important things to do, Jesus. We have holy work to do. We have to get to Jerusalem. We can't stop now. But Jesus heard something in Bartimaeus's voice that caused him to stop. And then he said, go and bring him to me. And someone went, sought out Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus threw off his cloak and came to Jesus and asked for Jesus' mercy. And Jesus said to him, what would you have me do for you? Now, you remember that we just had a lesson where James and John responded to that question. Jesus said to them, what would you have me do for you? And they said, we want power. We want to sit one on your right and one on your left when you come into your kingdom. But when Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus, what should I do for you? He says, I just want to see. And Jesus heals him. He didn't preach to him. He didn't even touch him. He didn't tell Bartimaeus what he should do with the rest of his life now that he had his sight. He just said, because of your faith. You are healed. And the passage ends saying that Bartimaeus follows Jesus on the way. I think to do justice to this account, we we need to pay attention to the structure of the passage, because I think it tells us something about the disciples, perhaps something about ourselves as well. This particular passage is has uh, not just this snippet that we had today, but this section of Mark is a discipleship section and it is bracketed by two healings. 
The first healing, you might recall, was the, the person who could not see and then first saw only people as trees. It was only sort of a partial healing. And then finally, the second phase of the healing, the person could see. Now, in this section, Bartimaeus sees immediately. Many believe that that first healing is sort of an image of the spirituality of the disciples, where they were in their real understanding of Jesus. Because you'll recall that the disciples thought that Jesus was going to be powerful. Jesus was going into Jerusalem to take power. Jesus was going to be that kind of a Messiah. And yet, in this section of, of Scripture, Jesus says to them three times, I must suffer and I must die. But they seem not to get it. They just don't understand that. Now, it's as though in blind Bartimaeus's being healed, he sees something that the others don't see. He has a healing that goes much deeper than just the healing of his sight. But I think perhaps what's most important for us to see is this act of casting off his cloak. Now, imagine if you had virtually nothing in your life, the clothes you were wearing and perhaps the coat or the cloak that you had wrapped around you, how important that one possession would be in your life. And yet, when Bartimaeus was called by Jesus, when he heard his name called and he was invited to go to him, he cast it off. We are bound up, it seems to me, in our cloaks. We can't get rid of them. I think if there's a challenge in my life as a Christian, the challenge is, how do I get rid of the cloak that I keep wanting to draw around myself? The cloak that is perhaps my most valued possession. And every day it's different. It may not be a physical thing at all. It may be a way of life. It may be anything that keeps me from getting up and following Jesus. I think that one of the things that uh, we need to hear is this passage from uh, Harold Kushner. And he suggests in it that original sin is our illusion of self-sufficiency. The audacious assumption that we can do it all, we can be it all, we can overcome it all based simply on our strength and our power. If there's one thing that we teach to our children, it should be that they cannot live in this life totally self-sufficient. We are always dependent upon others. We are dependent upon a community of which we are a part. We're dependent upon the church. We're dependent upon God. That is something that we all need to learn. Because it is our dependency that is so hard at times for us to acknowledge. One of the things that I think we also see in this passage with Bartimaeus is the vulnerability that he entered into as he cast off that cloak. And in many ways, when you think about it, healing involves vulnerability. Perhaps the most vulnerable situation you can be in is to be in a hospital room. I can't think of anything where a person is more vulnerable. You, you can't control who comes into your room. You can't control when they come into the room or perhaps even what they do when they come into the room. We're totally vulnerable when we're when we're sick and hospitalized. And when we enter into any kind of a healing protocol, whether that be medical or even prayer, 
There's a certain vulnerability. We give ourselves over to someone else. We're saying, I'm depending on you to help me. We have had so many, so many miracles associated with healing. That's been the healing ministry of this parish, both to the prayer chain, individual prayers of uh, supplication on behalf of others. Uh, Certainly the the laying on of hands that goes on in this service and the eight o'clock service every week. All of that, though, requires the vulnerability of those who are willing to say, I need your prayers. I believe that every day that I live, the challenge that I live with is what the Benedictines uh, called uh, conversion, daily conversion. Every day I get up, I believe that I face another day when I must once again turn and I must acknowledge who is master. I must acknowledge who is Lord. And I must answer the question, how will I follow him this day? Can I throw off my cloak? this day and trust in him. Amen.